listening to the bob and bo show here are your hosts ty bob ty bo and sean welcome back to the show everyone i am ty bob joined by ty bo and sean we're coming back to you after a massive win the kansas city chiefs were at home against the jacksonville jaguars uh and like a dummy i don't have the score pulled up in front of me if i remember 27 17 uh, which I believe Sean was closest. He was uh, 35-15. Uh, uh, so he gets that little nugget for the week. Uh, but we come away with a big, big win um, against a, a team, again, a team with a lower tier record, um, but they're still fairly solid against uh, against any teams that they play against. Um, so, and and... and Again, also, you know, former coach of the Chiefs, Doug Peterson. Uh, so that's nice to walk away, have Andy walk away with a big win uh, uh, against uh, somebody who comes from his coaching tree. Uh, initial thoughts, boys, before we get into um, the rest of the show. Uh, good, easy win for us. Played a good game for the most part. Ready for next week. It. I don't think we got as right as we needed to get, um, but it was a good little bounce back game. Well, yeah, and uh, and coming away with the juju injury, uh, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But uh, definitely not the the get right game that uh, Tybo was calling with a fifty point win, uh, which was no 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 drop fifty, not not a fifty point win. We fifty to thirty. Okay. Well, we we did not drop fifty. Uh, at all. So, uh, uh, with that said, there's, uh, there's quite a bit of, uh, news that we do need to get into right after, but I want to kick this show off with Tybo's top five. Yeah, I got inspired. I was scrolling, I was scrolling through my social media today and landed on a busting with the boys clip where they were doing their tier talk. Um, and they did gas stations and I've done a decent amount of traveling, in my life around the United States, I've, I've been to quite some many gas stations. So I'm going to give you guys my top five gas stations. I've been to that many gas stations that I can give you more than just three tiers. <laughs> um, and I do have a honorable mention, um, not because of the quality or anything that has to do with the actual gas station. It's just the name. Um, <clears throat> if I, driving through Missouri and I have a chance to stop at a come and go, I'm going to uh, <laughs> just to get gas and a drink real quick. But uh, it's really, they're, they're, they're kind of dirty. They're kind of shady looking, but obviously with the name like come and go, I, what else do you expect? But moving into my actual top five, and this is a product, this, this number five here, it's, a, it's, it's because I went to school in Cape Girardeau. If I didn't, go to school in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, I would have never probably come across this gas station or just come across it way later in my life. But the good old Rhodes 101 gas station. Yep. You can get roadie sodies there, as they like to call them. Um, They are a little bit annoying when you get gas there because their little speakers uh, shout at you. you. There is a mute button normally on them, but it's like, the TVs nowadays at like at shells and, and shit. Like it's just like shit that shouldn't be there at a gas station. But um, Rhodes makes number five because it's the only gas station that I know of. And one of very few gas stations that has a drive-through top tier that I used to work overnights and the drive-through stays open all, all night. It shuts down at like five in the morning and then it starts back up at seven. But I mean, the drive-through is open all night. You, they can it can be drinks or whatever, depending on who's running the window. If they're nice enough, they'll get you whatever in the store if you ask for it. But I both some shit at the road. <laughs> I work at a shady gas station. <laughs> I worked at it, and I got paid like maybe two dollars extra <laughs> per hour to work overnights, and I thought it was worth it at the time. But 
I well, the worst thing that happened at the gas that gas station, I actually wasn't there for. But yeah, it's pretty weird. Okay, I'm talking too much. Number four. <laughs> Number four, I got Casey's. And simply because of the pizza. The pizza, their pizza game puts them above so many. Their breakfast pizza. Now, some other gas stations are catching up. I eat quick trip. Um, but uh, their breakfast pizza is fantastic. Their pizza in general is, is greasy, but good. Um, a good quick snack on the road. Casey's. Makes number four. Number three, I got the Flying J. Um, I'm bad with remembering like where these are, but I know when I go north up to Canada, I, I see like multiple. And the Flying J is known for like a trucker stop. Like they have everything there, like showers. I mean, you you name it. There's there's usually some type of like cafe food, but like this is this is like a this is like a trucker gas station that has a little bit of extra stuff for the people that are like on the road at night. But the stuff you find at a Flying J is usually like really nice stuff. Is for the most part clean, um, and definitely just like a higher quality of a gas station than Casey's or Rhodes, just in general. <laughs> But number two, the mighty Wawa uh, gets talked about a lot. Um, but it's I've been there in Florida, and what they say about the food there, like I mean, it's 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 better than most of what we find here in the Midwest. Like it's 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 a top tier level gas station, that's for sure. And there's not much else to say about it. It's just kind of like a fancy gas station. But number one, I'm staying true to the Midwest roots, the good old Quick Trip. It is the best gas station that's out there. When you go, like when I go over to Illinois and when I go down to Cape Girardeau, they don't have Quick Trips down there. I really miss it. Like it's a big, there's a huge difference from being back in Kansas City and having access to Quick Trips all over. Free air. Free air for your tires. Free air. That's no other gas station does that. You gotta have you gotta have quarters or like now they have the card readers now and shit. But free free air for come on, that's that's it's above everywhere. and beyond. Like they used to have the the Quick Trip used to have pump start cards too. Like it's very convenient. Quick Trip's always been about convenience and like they're. Uh, they got that yellow sticker on there. They're, they're like a, a safe place or whatever. Like if somebody's in trouble. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, so it, it, they just, they're known for customer service and they're usually really, like clean. Like I've, I've seen some pretty nasty quick trips, but like for the most part, they're clean. Um, so that's why they're number one. And I guess the obvious one out there that I'm not naming Bucky's, I've never been into one. I've passed by it, seen it, never been to it. Can't put it on my top five. But that's what it is. It's really nice for the quick trips, especially in the Midwest. That number one, they're branching out. They're going to other. They're now getting into other states. So watch out for that. For one to come near you, if you are not in Kansas or Missouri, um, but the um, the free air is a must need in the Midwest, most specifically Missouri and Kansas, just because of the constant weather changes. Your tires are constantly low. You'll be 80 one day and 30 the next day, and you got to go and air up your tires because those sons of guns just lose it out there in the elements. So um, it's nice that they have that free air for everyone. I think that one specific weather change and temperature drop happened like two weeks ago. 80 one day, 30 the next. Yes. Um, and and uh, one that probably uh, won't make anybody's list simply because there's only one in the world it's the trucker stop at uh, on I-60 in Iowa. Uh, it's amazing. That place is like Disney World for truckers and anybody <laughs> who's traveling a long way. Dude, they've got like like seven hotels. They've got like 12 restaurants. The They've got four different gas stations and all of them are the nicest, cleanest gas stations I've ever been in. They've got uh, showers and bedrooms even in the gas stations. Like it's, it, it's wild. It sounds like a small village. 
it's it's legitimately a village it it ranges for a couple of miles across yeah that's a village man it's it's awesome (laughs) it's pretty awesome if you ever get the chance to uh to drive through i I don't know why you would drive through iowa other than you know because midwest people think it's easier to drive eight hours than it is to fly two hours but that's what we do let's get into some of the news that's happening around kansas city um it's pretty big news, boys. I don't know if you've seen it. I'm sure most other people have. Uh, but coming from uh, 41 Action News, the Kansas City Royals' new owner, John Sherman, announces that the team is fully planning to leave Kauffman Stadium and start exploration for a final location for a $2 billion stadium and an entertainment district. Uh, there is a rendering in a, in a file all here. You can find it uh uh, on pretty much on any social media. Um, but uh, there's a little bit on YouTube that you can see there. Um, they've been talking about this for a long time. Are they uh, going in Kansas? No. Well, they have not disclosed the exact locations yeah. that they're looking at. It's possible. I, I didn't read the full article. It's possible that they're looking in Kansas. Uh, one of the big ones is down on the loop downtown. Uh, there's a couple other spots downtown that they're looking at specifically, but the renderings of what they're looking at and making this uh, an entertainment district along with the ballpark itself um, reminds me a lot of what the St. Louis Cardinals have in in uh, Anheuser-Busch Stadium or ballpark, whatever it is down there in St. Louis. That's it's a lot. Ballpark of Village at Bush Stadium. Yeah. yeah. What, whatever I the just hell hope... it's called. Nobody cares about well, the stinking but... Cardinals. I mean, that's uh, a lie, <laughs> but yeah. I don't care right about the Cardinals, but yeah, that's their Cardinals have a large fan base. <laughs> um, but I hope they, I hope they work out the parking better than ballpark village. That, that shit sucks ass in St. Louis. Yeah. My guess is it would be roughly the, from the renderings, it looks roughly the same. There's not going to be a lot of parking near the stadium. There will be parking. The The reason why they're looking at putting it in these certain locations that are downtown Kansas City, Missouri, is specifically for the parking garages that are around the city that are empty during the evening games um, because everybody's gone from work or it's the weekend. And so commuters who are leaving from work are now opening up the parking garage spaces while uh, the people are coming in town. Uh, also, it's if you work downtown, it's much easier to walk or ride the metro to get down to where the new stadium will be rendered, where whichever location it goes to. But it opens up a new argument for the Kansas City Chiefs. We talked about earlier this year with Kansas um, opening up the the legalized betting um, that. Uh, Government in Kansas had stated they would pay off the remaining nine-year lease that Arrowhead has, the Kansas City Chiefs have at Arrowhead, and build them a new stadium in which the Kansas City Chiefs would not have to put a dollar towards. Now that Arrowhead, or excuse me, Kaufman is 100% leaving where it's at, that stadium can be demolished and open up new parking. And if Missouri does finally allow the Hunt family to develop and, and go into somewhat of an entertainment district themselves around Arrowhead, we could be stick, seeing that uh, stadium stick in place. You know, what they should do after they demolish Kaufman, and instead of just making it parking, they should they should create like a series of little yard bar type bars that just have uh yard games like cornhole and hillbilly golf and whatever yard giant jenga and all that shit like like all that like just a bunch of it and and just like maybe put like four of them out there and you know let people pay to pay to go yeah yeah, that's that's mainly what you see when you look at uh, when you look at uh, St. Louis, a place like St. Louis, which I think is what the Royals are looking to do with their entertainment district. It's just a lot of bars allow people to go out after after they get off work or leave work early, go and get a couple of drinks and then head into the ballpark. Um, but expect the tickets to no longer whenever that does finish developing wherever it is located. Don't expect any more five dollar ballpark tickets, no matter how bad the Kansas City Royals end up being. Um, but that is very telling for the Kansas City Chiefs and that situation. Um, there's going to be a lot of parking. Maybe expect some sort of rebuild of Arrowhead. 
um, or lots of additions for additional seating, uh, potentially uh, some sort of covering, possibly. And there's a there's a lo- uh, endless amount of possibilities that can happen at Arrowhead Stadium uh, once Kaufman is fully out of there. I, I would love for it to like if if more people were able to buy parking passes. If if it would drop the price of a for Arrowhead, not Kaufman, like if we get additional parking, if it drops the price of the the parking pass or what it costs to get into park the day of, like that would be really nice for all of Kansas City. But you know, I don't know if I don't know how the logistics of that look if it's even possible but you know that would be nice i'd assume it's possible that the parking prices go down it's it's ridiculous right now that parking 65 dollars like it goes up five ten dollars every single year as well and and that's part of kansas city being good um at the same at the same point like there's no other way to get to arrowhead there's no other way you can't ride the metro it is 15, 20 minutes away from downtown. You can't walk there. You have to drive, which means you have to park and and getting an Uber there and then back wherever you need to go is is about just as expensive. So there's no two ways about how you're going to end up spending a lot of money at Arrowhead. Let's get into how the Kansas City Chiefs played against Jacksonville. Um, there's a lot of things that went right. Um, and, and a few things that I definitely want to get into that went wrong. Um, one of, there's three things here that I have that went wrong for the Kansas city chiefs. And it was one of our, um, largest things that we talked about over the last couple of weeks of a certain position group that has been playing really well, um, coming from the chiefs hive. I've got three players right here. Uh, starting off with Legarius Sneed, he had 45 coverage snaps. So that means 45 times that he was at 40 out of 40 uh, out of all the defensive snaps, he was covering 45 times. He was targeted eight times. The ball was caught eight times for a total of 91 yards and two touchdowns. When targeted, he gave up a passer rating of 153.6. Trent McDuffie, this is his second full game after coming back from injury. Um, he has played very well uh, in the previous game, but in 50 coverage snaps, he was targeted eight times. He gave up seven receptions for 59 yards. He did have one PBU, but when targeted was given, uh, had given up 90, a pass rating of 95.3. And finally uh, our seventh uh, round pick uh, who had played pretty well up into this game, Joshua Williams, I had 24 coverage snaps uh, on those. He was targeted four times, gave up three receptions for 23 yards and allowed a passer rating of 88.5 when targeted. Um, not a good day for our defensive backs. Not at all, but still for the most part, pretty young guys coming back. Let him go through this against the Jaguars instead of another team. I mean, it it kind of strengthens the point of the health of Legarius Sneed really goes, and and the veterans in the secondary really goes a long way for the defense. Um, like, I I know the level of play we've seen from Trent McDuffie, but like this is, I mean, he is a rookie, so like this is he probably played um, better than most of the players in the secondary, but like Legarius Need had a bad game. Like this is this is what's gonna happen. Like I mean we when we get LJ involved in the blitz and you know when when he's playing at a high level, like yeah it's great, but we know like the past few years, like he's been on the team for a little bit. This the past few years we know the level of play that we're that we're getting out of our defense. It's the whole reason you know, why we're middle of the pack and, you know, why we don't, you know, us before the season, we're not expecting to have a top 10 defense, you know, it's, it is what it is. Is that what Sean, <laughs> you know, you know, is that a fine? No, yeah. Just say it. Is it a just, fine? I don't just know. Just say it. Yeah, yeah. That's a fine. <laughs> I just wanted you to finish. <laughs> Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. 
No quarterback talk here. No quarterback. <laughs> he, he doesn't want to restate everything I just said. <laughs> what uh, What are some other things that went wrong that you guys saw uh, throughout the Jaguars game? I thought our special teams was still looking really iffy. Uh, not not saying that the onside kick, I was expecting it or anything, or anybody was, but still, be a little prepared for it. Think of it in the back of your head. This could be a possibility. Hey, we onside kicked it? No, they onside kicked it to start oh. the game. To start the game? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Brother, were you there? I, I promise you I was. And I was actually <laughs> – we made it to the seats before kickoff, but how many shot? How many shotguns like did we have before the game? Three. It wasn't even that. It wasn't even that much because we had a hard time getting going in the morning. It's it was <laughs> it's it was the first noon game in a long time. Yeah, I it was it was rough getting up that early. Okay, but I made up for it. Really? We drank up for it. <laughs> up for it uh, yes we that that was bad the special teams uh to start the game off again poor uh losing an onside kick uh that had to have been embarrassing for the team but andy as well um probably most specifically andy uh because he should know those types of things are going to be coming from a guy like doug peterson um does there need to be a conversation no, number one does there need to be a conversation about harry bucker or Harry Butts. Um, he is, I, I, he, he did come out and say that he wasn't a hundred percent, but he's got a $4.4 million hit in cap next year. Uh, he has been poor last year. He was poor this year so far uh, after outside of missing quite a few games. Does there need to be a conversation about him? Look like politics of the NFL I would say, for the most part, the Chiefs as a franchise are pretty loyal to their players. It has a lot to do with Andy Reid. Um, but we we tend to give a lot of people the benefit of the doubt. Um, you know, but if you if you <laughs> if you lie to us, if you lie to the team, you know that's that's a different thing. but <laughs> that's the only thing I can think about now. I'm screwed. <laughs> but the the conversation about will not be had about Harrison Bucker this year. I promise you. We're not going to get rid of him after this year. Um, if he plays poor, poorly, more poorly, or continues to play not so great um, into next year, then that's when the conversation is going to be had. But we're, I understand the cap hit is a little high for a kicker, but it's – we paid him for a reason and we can't let him go because of an injury. That's messed up. Yeah. He still has one of the strongest legs in the league. Uh, still pretty consistent whenever the games matter. Granted, he has some misses every once in a while. Until it, if he messes up in a big game this year and costs us the game for a game winning kick or something, then the conversation maybe had this year. But like Tavo said, it's going to wait till next year. I don't even I don't even think if that happens. Like if he like multiple if he loses a if he loses the the playoff game that dropped that kicks us out of the playoffs this year multiple times. If he misses a kick earlier in the game, I still don't think. I think they give him an off season to get right, and if he's messing up next year, then that conversation is had. I don't that, but that will be the starting point for the conversation. Is he missed the starting points now? Ty Bob's already asking it. Like. I mean, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. I know there were people having conversation or asking those questions last year and um, kind of gave them. Yeah, it was last year, probably about midseason. People started asking a lot of questions. He was missing a lot of kicks and um, the conversation went away because of the injury. But it's starting to pop back up. Um, if you're not healthy, I'd rather you not be out there. If we're going to have those sorts of excuses. Um should there be a conversation about Dave Tube, Uncle Dave, special teams coordinator, um, given how poorly the full special teams has played this year? Kick, kickoff, punt return, kick return. Um, he is easily had. I, if if I look at the rankings correctly, he's had a top seven 
special teams unit year in and year out for like the last eight or nine years. This year, uh, he's ranked 17 or below. Okay. For one, Harrison Butker's stats last year, he only missed three field goals. So field goals, I don't, but he who did was miss coming a lot for of, his job last there year? Was, there was a lot of they're, missed They're insane. Asinine. Uh, we missed. we paid Harrison Butker for a reason. There's absolutely no reason anybody last year should have been thinking we needed him, needed a new kicker or needed him off the team. That's ridiculous. Same thing with Dave Tube. Like, one, we're not losing. We lost the Colts game, okay? We did lose the Colts game because of special teams play. But at this point, at whatever, 7-2, and two, is that what we are right now? At seven, at seven and two, Dave Tube is not the reason that we are going to have a bad season. Okay, like we're not chill out, people. <laughs> Relax. R-E-L-A-L-X. I that was wrong. That was. <laughs> I was like, what? Now R E L A X. There we go. Boy, dyslexia in the brain. Um. What? Okay. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I'm on the same boat for uh, Dave Tobe um, with the cap hit. You're the one uh, tweeting these questions on Twitter, though. What do you? <laughs> I am. I saw you. I am. <laughs> I'm just asking questions, man. I'm not saying yes or no. I'm just asking if there needs to be a conversation. I think I Dave's, think like proven himself that I mean we we had a conversation not too long ago about teams have inquired about him being a head coach before like I don't think I definitely don't think he's the issue no and everybody has one off year um but I think with given the cap hit I think there does need to be a large conversation about Butker um potentially We'll have to see how that goes. What are some other things that you guys saw um, that may have gone wrong uh, during the game? Uh, passing to Clyde Edwards-Dillaire. Two targets, zero receptions. Remember, one of them hit right off his hands. Yeah, well, I think very minimal play. So I think he is really working himself out of the rotation up there. He's he's what's going wrong. Like, he's not helping himself. Yeah. And now the... You I, you can't really put this in the category of what went right, but, like, the the run game was, was decent. Like, it, it, it was poor at times. It was good at times. Um, so, I'm not... It, I don't think it goes really in either category, but it, it's, it's worth mentioning that we didn't give up on it. And I feel like it it helped the overall game flow for us. Yeah, I mean, look what Pacheco got with 16 carries. Ended up getting He's 82 yards. It. So He's working it. A guy with 16 carries gets a good yardage for us now. Better than we're used to. To go off of that Clyde information, I mean, week four is when he peaked uh, with the his most amount of snaps. He had 56% of the snap share um in week four and that was his highest it's been down it's been in a decline ever since in week seven he had 29 percent of the snaps and week nine he had 15 in week 10 he had six percent of the snaps with zero total touches um it's not looking good for clyde somebody did tweet out um earlier today uh, and i've misplaced it um talking about how it's because of the, his injuries. We're not seeing the Clyde that was at LSU that dismantled the Alabama defense. Um, he's had multiple injuries. We know with uh, with hamstrings, he's had a grade three uh, ankle sprain and a couple other ankle sprains, not including um, the surgery prior to last um, season. We've got to be thinking he's on his way out, right? Whether he's cut at the end of the year or not, he's he's going to be on the on the back end of of whatever's has he, going on. Has he had anything significant this year? No, not in terms of injuries. Okay, it hasn't been, but it doesn't seem that he's been able to recover well. Uh, the person who did uh, say that that uh, 
the decline was coming from him uh, in terms of, of skill and performance was based upon his grade three um, uh, ankle sprain. Uh, is somebody is somebody with a medical background um, that knows that uh, uh, the, those specific uh, sprains uh, aren't necessarily rehabable uh, and players don't typically return from those in the best of form. I'm also living proof of that. I had a bad uh, ankle sprain on my left ankle and I, I'm not, the, I can't run the same. So that for, that's for sure. Um, but take this to the bank at some point later in the year, or even in the playoffs, Clyde's going to have one or two big, big games. Again, he's going to mm-hmm. have a two or three touchdown game, whether it be receiving or, you know, at the one yard line, like whatever it is, like Clyde's going to have another game where he probably has like a lot of fantasy points or whatever. Um, but as far as being an every or every down back or whatever, whatever you want to call the running back that's in our system nowadays, like Clyde was never, I don't think exactly what we hoped him to be, no matter how much Pat likes him. Um, so I don't think. I don't think his future was ever guaranteed as soon as you see the tape that he's put out. You know, I don't, he's had, I can probably count on two hands, like the, like the spectacular plays I've seen him make that like really made me believe in him. But I, I don't think his future was ever really guaranteed. We're clearly seeing Clyde get phased out of this offense. What makes you think he's going to be able to come back in and have these, these high scoring affair games just because Pat likes him. And in Andy's system, there's so much he can do to scheme just like one guy and the weapons, the talent that we have elsewhere, he can do so much to distract you and like hit you with something obvious. And and Clyde's that type of, he's going to run that type of route or get that type of handoff that, I feel like it's almost like a trick play or a gadget play, but it's it will kind of seem mundane. Um, Andy's just like doing his flair stuff, like you know, double reverse and then still hand it up the gut or whatever. Like the little bowling toss. Yeah, like something. It's but Pat likes Clyde too much. Clyde still has some value in our, in our system with his style, like with the way he's known to play. I would agree that Pat likes him. I would just caution that in saying that if that was a reason for Clyde to be in the team, he wouldn't be phased out into single digit snaps with no touches. Um, They could also be saving him throughout the year, knowing his injury history. I can see that. That would be fair. Let's jump into uh, quite a few things that did go right on Sunday. Um, we've got uh, Andrew Wiley did go out with an injury for a little bit. So uh, the backup uh, PTW Prince Tenga Wanango uh, filled in for Andrew Wiley with 24 pass blocking. He snaps went right. And only allowed two pressures allowed. That was I would really say he good. went right. Yeah, that was a massive one. Uh, Patrick Mahomes also now has 174 career touchdown passes. He passed Dan Marino at 173 for most touchdown passes in a player's first 75 career starts. That was only Patrick Mahomes's 72nd career start. And to round us off with a little bit of stats on things that went right, George Karloftis, a guy that we have been very critical of, batted down five passes this season so far. No one in the NFL has more. So even though his pressures stat is quite bloated, most specifically because it's a pressure and nine times out of 10, he's got another dude on the other side of him blocking him and the quarterback. um, It's good to see that those pressures are at least resulting in batted passes. Five still a little low, but it's it, it makes impacts in certain situations. It leads the NFL. Yeah. I know, but <laughs> he's getting it's there. Still low. <laughs> well, batted it's still low. <laughs> batted passes and pass pass breakups aren't the. I kind of got confused in when I saw it as well. I was like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. But it's not the yeah, same. They made as, they as made PBUs. that stat for D linemen now. 
Yeah. Yes. I so know. it is its own specific stat. So um, 10 games through, five bat, five batted down. That's uh, I'd say that's really impressive. One every other game. Yeah. It's these, yeah. Uh, what are some what are some <laughs> things that you guys saw that went right uh, over Sunday's game? I think our defense in the first half played tremendous. Uh, their first six drives ended with no points and less than six plays on every drive. So they they essentially canceled out the onside kick. Like the, yeah, the defense right made up for that mistake right away. Right away. But it was great to see the defense come out and shut a team down like that. They haven't really come out and done that for a full half this year. Definitely promising. I mean, there I, was – go ahead. No, no. Well, I was moving on to something else that went right. So what, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, like, you know, staying on, on that defensive side, like, we did not allow the Jaguars much. I mean, Trevor Lawrence did go 29 for 40 and 300 yards, but most of that came after they were already down by multiple scores and had to come mm-hmm. back in. Like I said, one one of the things I talked about that was a key to the game was stopping the run, especially with Travis Etienne and being gap fillers. And boy, did the defensive line do that. I mean, Colin Saunders was Colin in there. Colin Saunders, baby. Um, uh, CJ... Um, had a multiple sacks. He's got five in the last four games. I mean, they were run stopping. They were getting pressure on the quarterback. There was a lot of, lot, lot of things that went right. I think we, uh, I think we ended up winning the, uh, well, no, we didn't win the, uh, yeah, we did win the turnover battle. I believe Uh, Pat did throw uh, one pick, but I think uh, we got one on the way back. No, no picks. So we did lose the turnover battle, but uh, that's not the defense's fault because they were standing Pat. Yeah. The entire game. Our turnover differential stat is not good this year. I, we're we're one of the worst in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It has been for a few years. Yeah, um, but uh, Carlos Dunlap too. Uh, did, did he got a sack sacks. this game? Hundred. Yep. And he he's now hit yeah. his benchmark of one hundred sacks. So through nine games. Uh, Melvin Ingram also played nine games with us last year. Carlos Dunlap has better stats. He has more sacks. He has more everything. He's okay. he's definitely been a much bigger uh, part of this defense than Ingram was last year. Who would you guys have thought would have a full sack first? Leo Chanel or George Karloftis? I would have said Karloftis. And here we are, and Chanel has it. And Karloftis still only has his half sack from, yeah. like, game three or whatever. Yeah. I mean, Chanel's been starting to play a little bit more, and he's looking a lot better, looking like he's adjusting to the game speed. We've been so getting out of uh, we've been getting out of the nickel and going more back to that base defense that um, Spags doesn't really like to run. But I, I, I gotta say, Leo Chanel has been uh, he has been much more active, and his pro- progress through the through ten weeks so far as a rookie has been. Uh, very eye-opening to see what that young man is able to do out on the field. If Leo turns out to be more valuable than George Karloftis, is uh, is GK a bust? Depends on how good Leo is. Just how good Leo is, yeah. I mean, none of us, well, at least Tybo and I have not been very high on, on GK, so... Um, it also depends on what the play is like for GK. Is is Leo Chanel just that good, and GK is just a little bit under Leo, or is he not performing at all? And we're just going to continue to see this leading the NFL in pressure stat, but it not equate to anything productive on the field. I hate saying that he's so young and everything, but this is still only like George's fourth or fifth year playing football. I may be wrong in that year, but it's still early in his football playing career. It, it is. I believe it's, I believe it's year five, maybe year six. Um, it, it, it's early in his career, but uh, we, we also know that because of that, his floor is, is really low. Uh, he could end up being that bottom floor and it, his ceiling is super high just because he's so malleable um, uh, potential wise and, and skill set wise. But uh it's it's he's got to make a lot of strides. 
what are uh, what are some other things that went right from Sunday's game? I mean, obviously losing uh, Juju was was not good, but the really cool thing was is to see everybody's reaction. I mean, uh, Isaiah Pacheco said that he was crying on the sideline. MVS was pissed. Um, uh, uh, Justin Reed said that he was over on the sidelines getting everybody hyped and fired up to go out there and, and lay a hit. It was pretty cool to see this team be able to rally around something so so scary yeah that was a rough hit to see i am shocked and appalled that they picked up the flag on that too clearly helmet to helmet helmet, like yeah the only thing i can say about that is the the refs don't have access to what else is going on at the league at the time like if they (laughs) see some of the other calls then maybe yeah they go ahead and call that but uh, yeah, it's a it's a pretty bad. It was a bad moment for the NFL refs right there. Mike Pereira was on uh, six ten earlier this week. Um, he, he's the former president of the NFL officiating uh, association. Uh, he was a for- former ref. He's now the uh, contributor to Fox. Um, he he was saying that the refs on the field need to leave the flag down. If the flag is left down, then New York can get involved and kind of go over the rule book with them. Who saw what, when, and where? Um, and it's not like the play was starting. I mean, Juju was basically unconscious on the field. It looked like he took the fencing pose that we talked about earlier with with Tua in the season. They could have easily left that flag down, but by picking it up, uh, you rule out New York or, or anybody being able to say anything. I mean, the whole system is constant. It's constantly being looked at, but it, I mean the. the- the whole the it, we need to we need to be better, um, but I do I did I, I've been wanting to mention something that I thought went right. Um, we I think we take this for granted as Chiefs fans. I think we really do. Um, but the, the pass blocking improved a little bit. But Patrick Mahomes' ability to scramble and make plays out of the pocket when they break when the play breaks down, that is where his ability is absolutely second to none. Because he had he had Josh Allen and them boys completely spinning around, second-guessing themselves. They didn't know what was going on, and that didn't have a whole lot to do with the receivers down the field and what routes they were running. Like, Pat was just being a wizard and messing with these men's head out there. I mean, he's a genius when it comes to that, and – we're lucky to have him on our team. Another big thing from this game, two big firsts. MVS's first touchdown with the, the Chiefs, amazing to see. And Kadarius Tony's first touchdown with the Chiefs and first NFL touchdown. Love to see it. Let's talk about, let's right. talk about Kadarius Tony. Yeah. <laughs> let's is, talk about KT's man. I don't know if a lot of people picked up on this. I, I uh, got to watch the game with my mom. I maybe get to see one game a season with her at most. Um, so it's pretty special when I get to do that. But uh, she saw him hobbling into the end zone. It was, what's going on? So maybe a lot of people didn't get that. But he was that was shots fired at New York. Yeah. Certainly shots fired at New York. I'm, I'm not injured. I am fully healthy. And you guys totally screwed this up and got fleeced. What a perfect way he to looks, celebrate his first touchdown. He looks dynamic. He's like through two games, you know, all the hype would even be would even be worth it. Like it, what he did in, in this game was almost enough. Like I want to see more, obviously, but it just it, it I mean, we're licking our chops for what's coming next. Like this is this is perfect for our offense. I just he's so shifty, he can get by guys so fast. Perfectly what we need. My favorite one, though, was uh, the catch on the sideline. Before he went up for the catch, he adjusted his gloves <laughs> right before going up. I'm like, I'm not going to go up and get this. Just stop midair like a Tetris block. Came right down. I got this. <laughs> That's that all was beautiful. Mean. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure to put that video um, in here on YouTube if you're watching. It was. I'm sure everybody's seen it by now, but it was beautiful. Um, let's get to some of the unsung heroes of the game. I think one person that nobody's really talking about uh, is uh, Orlando Brown. 
Like let look at his performance over the last three weeks, and he's given up minimal pressures. Minimal pressures. I'm talking well, single the, digits. The shit talking he, on him has certainly quieted the past few weeks because it's yeah, certainly quieted. But well. the but the statistics show. I mean, he's 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 given up little to no pressures. He's playing well. Um, I said it was going to happen, folks. I said it was going to turn around. Um, that's just it, it. It is worrisome that it starts off so low and then climbs. Um, but that's just kind of the player that he is, but that he is definitely an unsung hero with the way that he is out there performing with given his early season uh, ability. Who you got, Sean? I got Noah Gray. Oh, made some big catches over the past few weeks. Only two in this game, but one of them was a touchdown. Uh, The play just worked perfectly for him. Wide open in the end zone. Good to see more tight ends. There was someone who also highlighted how well he blocked um, on on Twitter. I I can't remember. Um, pretty groggy on Monday morning, but I did <laughs> scroll for a while. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say it. This is a this is a player. I think a lot of people doubt. Some people don't even want him. Uh, but MVS. Uh, at what point did Juju come out of the game? Uh, second quarter? Uh, second quarter. Early second quarter, I believe. So this wasn't a great game by any means from MBS, but the one-handed catch was spectacular. Um, his stats were decent. And what, he got his first touchdown as a Chief, right? Yep. Yeah, he, he stepped up a little bit when he needed to. And I like... I, I like the chemistry that he's built. Like, I mean, no, he's not the greatest receiver, but I feel like he can help this team win games, and he should he should be here for sure. Yeah, I mean, he again, he's playing a lot better than I expected him to. If he's going to keep this up, I mean, who who's to say that uh, given a couple years in an Andy Reid system that he doesn't uh, he doesn't turn into a more than a serviceable player? It's definitely possible. I mean, I think I think he's on pace for 800 yards this season, and you know he could definitely have a, a thousand yard uh, receiving yard year. Just another weapon to to Patrick Mahomes' arsenal. It's pretty great to see, especially if Juju's out for a long period of time with this injury. MVS may step up. Possible. He he will probably be slated as our number one moving forward. If I, I'm assuming Juju is going to be out at least a week, I would I would go as far as to say a couple given um, given the 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 concussion. It's possible that he's not, um, but it it would uh, be pretty wild to think that he can go into a fencing pose and and come uh, back so quickly. So if uh, if McColl continues to miss time if juju misses time there's a there's a giant possibility that the next couple of weeks we're trotting out kt mbs sky Moore, and justin well justin watson then sky Moore. uh that's gonna be our that's gonna be who's who's running the routes for us um and i still think we have a decent chance to win the game like it's not those that's those are two big names coming from our offense juju smith schuster and mccall hartman being out and missing significant time, you'd think the Chiefs are screwed. But I'm not – I still have that confidence. I mean, a lot of it has to do with Travis Kelsey, but we we're, we have some exciting players at the wide receiver position right now. And, you know, it sucks that they're out, but I want to see more Kadarius Tony. So, yeah, I think the injuries, I hope they get better as fast as they can. But the chemistry that this will build with everybody else with Pat – is going to be amazing and going to help us out so much for more for the playoffs. Making sure that everybody's on the same page, just just getting everything right. It's it's going to be very nice going late into the season. Uh, it's, like Tybo said, very excitable players get us all excited. And I tell you what, folks, we've got an excitable game coming up. It is the final game against our. I would say it's probably what what is right now our biggest rivals in the AFC West, the Los. Just Angeles because Chargers. their record is the closest to us, that at at because 
we don't have a rival right now. There's nobody that can see not, us. Not in the division. There's definitely not a rival in the division. If anybody, that's what I was saying. If anybody, it's going to be the Chargers, just spe- most specifically because they are the better of the other two shit squads that are there. Uh, which is, it's and, not saying I mean, they would actually be our rival if they were if they were healthy this year. I do yeah. believe that. I, yeah, 100%. And it's currently, you know, on, on Tuesday, uh, looks like Keenan Allen's still going to be out, still looking like they're going to miss quite a bit of players, but I do believe Mike Williams is set for a return, and that is a guy who lights us up every single time. They lost, I mean, they lost Slater though, right? They don't have their their left tackle. Uh, Rashawn Slater, I believe, is out for the season. I think we yeah, reported that right. uh, earlier earlier this year. So uh, maybe maybe a really really good game for uh, GK to uh, get finally stat pad on some of this. But that'll be coming get on more active. Yes, that too. <laughs> uh, but that'll be coming on Sunday. Don't forget, we did get flexed into the Sunday night game. Uh, we'll no longer be playing at the three o'clock hour that it was slated for. Uh, there's going to be some flexes going on, folks. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. We've got a very excitable game coming up. Make sure you tune back in on Friday. That's a fine. How many times did he say excitable? Two, three. three. Isn't fine? Uh, All right. That's All right. a fine for me. You know. You know? <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, make sure you join us back on uh, Friday to get our pregame show. And as always, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs.